number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. One. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here recording this late on a Tuesday night, some Tuesday <laughs> night wrestling, some early, early week wrestling. The Collegiate Wrestling Duels 2.0 just wrapped up. Um, and to discuss the action a little bit, brought on Intermat's ACC correspondent Robbie Wendell to touch on some ACC wrestling, some Northern Iowa and Iowa State wrestling, and um, Robbie, there was just a lot of rustling the last couple of days. And I think I'm still, I'm still trying to like mentally unpack everything that we just watched. There was a lot going on. Um, I think the biggest highlight of the weekend for me was, was the gamesmanship we saw from Fretwell and Holmes and Sean Kenny. I mean, that's like 36 hours of broadcasting. So that was, uh, that was intense. And so much, I'm really glad you started with those guys. Cause they just, they don't get enough love and also like you know, as, as we continue to navigate the media space, um, I don't think people understand how hard a three man booth actually is. And especially for wrestling, like that was a lot of fun to listen to. Um, like just, I know that it was just the three man booth for Iowa state Penn state. Um, but I love that you mentioned those guys, um, bringing them up. Cause that was, that's a lot of work, man, to sit in. Like, I know it's like, haha, watching wrestling all day and talking about it, but like, Dude, 12 nonstop hours of literally talking about wrestling and feeling, you know, like just, just that's hard. That's really hard. Um, yeah. So we need to, to those guys. You chip in and send everybody a box of Ricola for, for Christmas. Yeah. Get or like th- just ice packs for their jaws. <laughs> like, yeah, that was great. That, that three man booth was impressive. I was, I was curious if they were going to do that just because I, you know, Holmes was bouncing back and forth between the two mats. Uh, but it was really cool. It's, it's always interesting to be able to get it get a get a couple words in with fretwell because he uh he can go but he's uh definitely one of the most entertaining people on the mic for sure and the coolest part i thought was like sean kenny's such a pro right like you know that with acc duels like we know that here in iowa just because he's from down the road in perry and he's been doing it forever um but like we got a little bit of everything out of that group, right? Like Sean Kenny's got the play-by-play down, like turns to Holmes and and Cliff for for the expertise. And and every now and again, he lets Cliff kind of go on those little rides that you have to go on with Cliff. And it was just so well done. And I was I was I was I was like, you know, I was kind of curious to see how they were going to do it, if they were going to do it. And it was it was seamless. It was really cool to to listen to. And then also shout out to Cliff um, for one manning. Matt, was it Matt two basically <laughs> yeah. all day on Monday? Like that is like, again, that's hard. I don't think people understand like yeah. how crazy hard that is. And so like those random tangents that he goes on, like I personally love them. I know some other people might be distracted by them, but like, that's <laughs> like, it's so, I don't know. It's crazy the, for what yeah. those guys are able to do. But if you know Fretwell at all, it's always, it's always entertaining. Always Heck entertaining yeah. to be with Cliff. Um, lots of entertaining wrestling. Um, you primarily cover the ACC. They had, um, NC state was there. NC state won the, was it the blue pool or the red pool? I forget exactly which one. One of the colors. Um, I think matter. it was the red pool. They, they won a pool, um, ah, pool. And, they, and they thumped Northern Iowa pretty good to do it on Tuesday night in, in the pool final, your other ACC squad, North Carolina does have an Iowa tie. 
which we'll touch on, but we'll also touch on the Tar Heels at large. Um, shout out Don Bosco and Cade Tenold for getting some run this week. Um, not nearly as well as NC State. Um, should we start with the NC State Northern Iowa duel? What would you think overall? I was I was a little surprised in how lopsided it was. What were you, what was your ultimate takeaway? Uh, I wasn't. I mean, I was surprised that it was that lopsided just because you and I had such a great weekend. Um, but just knowing the product that NC State puts on the mat, I, I'm never surprised when they really take it to anybody. Um, it's been great kind of seeing their lineup has shifted so much with with the graduation with Hydley and Wilson and and one of the Bullards. The other one left the year before. Um, but there's a lot of turnover there and a lot of big shoes to fill. So it's it's pretty awesome to see their younger guys really stepping up. NC State won twice on Monday. I'm looking at the results right now because this is great podcasting. They beat Cal Poly <laughs> and Lehigh pretty sound, right? 33-3 and then 24-10. And then they thumped you and I 27-12 in Tuesday's final. And like you said, you and I was I man, they were wrestling really well this weekend. They beat mm-hmm. Ohio State, which was huge, um, 19-13, and then they thumped Lockhaven um in the very first duel of the weekend, 36 to 3. Um, I was excited to see them go up. You know, you don't see a lot of big 12 ACC matchups and especially for, for Northern Iowa. I know they technically, they try to stick around, you know, like they've wrestled Wisconsin a couple of times. Um, you know, they'll occasionally branch out and, and wrestle some other big 10 schools. Um, but you just don't see a lot of UNI ACC matchups. So I think that right out of the gate had me interested. Um, and then maybe a little, I I was a little let down. I, I, I won't lie. They wrestled really, really well on Monday. And, and NC State just took it to him, man. Like they, they won the first three weights. And then when you and I finally got on the board, Ed Scott came out and did Ed Scott things. And that was honestly, <laughs> for me, that was the end of the duel. Like at that point it was like, all right, like let's get to 184 and, and see what kind of magic that match has. And, and we'll touch on that in a minute, but I, what was your, who impressed you the most from, from NC State, maybe either in that duel specifically, or just at large over the weekend? Well, that's a tough question. Um, in that duel, I think Ryan Jack has, has probably been the person that I've been outside of outside of Hydley, obviously, because he's been fantastic. Uh, but I think Ryan Jack is the person I've been most impressed with all all season for NC State, and he had a fantastic tournament as well. He's he's gotten so much better uh, with his mat wrestling. Um, it's always been strong on top, but struggled to get off the bottom a few times last year and that cost him some matches and he's gotten incredibly better on his feet. Um, so he's really putting it together and, and wrestled a really tough match against Happel who I've been really impressed with. He wrestled a couple ACC guys at the, at the cliff Keen, and um, it's been nice kind of seeing him too, but uh, Arini pulling out that late win against Biscogli, I think was, was a big, a big win for, for the Wolfpack. I think it could have shifted the momentum a little bit there. Um, and him being able to pull that out, it's big for him because he's had some struggles winning matches like that. But um, just for the team, it's it's it kept that momentum going. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought up um, Ryan Jack. What, two takedowns to beat Kale, um, six to three. It was impressive, man, because like Kale was red hot. Like you mentioned, like finals at CKLV, um, you know, he's got a couple wins over you know, all Americans, NCAA qualifiers. Like he was, he was the 34th guy at the weight last year. Like he didn't qualify, but you know, he went to Detroit to make weight and whatnot. And and he's looked really good. And I was, I think I was like, just really impressed with Jack's ability to not only just shut down everything Kale was trying to do, but when Kale was able to connect and get to the leg, Jack was able to counter. Um, or when Happel was able to get to the leg, Jack was able to counter. Um, 
I'm tired. It's been a long couple of days. So words might, words might sound a little funny on this show, but no, you. like really, really impressed with the way Jack wrestled. Um, you know, because that was, that was one that I kind of had circled. I was like, all right, like, you know, if Kale can keep this up, like, you know, and I don't know that I'm thinking any less of Kale after the the result. Um, but just really impressed on that one-off match. Um, the Arini match was impressive because one shout out Missouri boys. Um, but then also, um, a weird thing to see from Biscaglia, like he's a guy that when he gets the lead, it's he's like he does really well wrestling from ahead. And then this weekend, I say this weekend, it's Tuesday. Like I said, long it's a weekend. Days. I'm, I'm uh, sticking with the weekend. It's, it's the last couple. Okay, so the last couple of days, like Biscaglia gave up leads late in matches. Um, like Arini hit a cement mixer um, for two and four, won the match eight to five. Um, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, five two, Bisco's pretty good. Nope. Um, and then against Buzakis, it was the same thing. Like he was up what three zero with 30 seconds left. And like, I forget exactly how Buzakis scored a couple of points before then, but then he cradled up, um, Biscaglia for two and four and won the match 10 to six. I'm pretty sure. So just like, yeah, just like really weird late match, like not very smart late match antics or late match management. That's probably the better word. Um, (laughs) From Biscaglia, which is really weird from a guy who's a senior, who's been around, who's won matches at the NCAA tournament. Like just, you know, really good stuff from Marini, really weird from the side of Biscaglia, um, which I just, I, I don't know. Like it just, and and you make a good point. Like I thought that like, okay, like Goldhofer's a guy that struggled a little bit. Biscaglia is going to get the train back on the tracks. And then Arini said, nope. Um, and that was kind of the first sign that like, uh-oh, like this NC State could probably run away with this. Um so yeah, that was that was I thought that was an interesting result there as well, and just kind of a weird trend that Biscaglia wrestled with this weekend, especially after going seven and one at CKLV. Like I was like, okay, like this guy's definitely figured some stuff out, right? Yeah, he wrestled out of his mind there too. Yeah, um, duel keeps going. Colin Realbuto has a great weekend for you and I, taking out Arrington um, a day after taking out Sammy Sasso. Um, yeah. Not the weekend I thought we were going to get out of him, especially after he struggled at CKLV. So just like really weird stuff there. Um, but I tell you what, man, I, you talk about the young guys at NC State's lineup, like Jackson Arrington's, he's a dude, man. He can do things. That's he's going to he's going to be problems. He's yeah. going to be problems. Um, I think that was just kind of a young guy mistake, not not being able to to edge that match out. I think he's probably the better wrestler there. Um, I think you give him another shot at at shot at Rubio and he'd get it. But it's just, you know, learning curves and there's going to be bumps in the road. And you saw that at 65 too with Singleton. So, I mean, that's, that's what it is to be a freshman and a true freshman in college. Right. And he, I, I, you know, Rebuto wrestled really smart. I thought in the first couple of periods, but definitely the, you know, probably midway through the second through the third, I was like, okay, here he comes like mm-hmm. this. Let's see what this Arrington guy has. And I think you're right. I think that they wrestle that match 10 times. It probably goes five, five or six, four. Yeah. Um, so just real impressed with him, real impressed with Ed Scott. Um, like not surprised that he just blew up hog and, and pinned him in 20 <laughs> seconds, but also just like, dang, man, like that was that, like, like I said earlier, that to me was like the nail in the coffin. Um, unfortunately, even though it was halfway through the duel. Um, and then we still continued to see fireworks all the way through, which 184, man, um, that was one of the more bizarre sequences I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, to recap for people who maybe didn't see it, um, Trent Hydley versus Parker Keck Eisen, second time these guys have wrestled this month. Um, Hydley got them 
8-2 to two at CKLV. This time around, Heidley again strikes early, scores a takedown in the first. Um, Keck Eisen goes escape in the first, escape in the second, so we're tied 2-2. And then a wild sequence that ends with Keck Eisen pinning Heidley on the edge in a cradle. He goes misdirection, chases Heidley to the edge of the mat, um, climbs up to lock up a cradle and cinches it really well and basically rolls over his own back and sticks him. And I'm still processing that. I think a lot of people are. What What did you think? Uh, not how I expected that match to go at all. I mean, we saw Hydley really controlled the match in Vegas and, and really just handled him. I mean, there wasn't really competitive that match. Um, and it's it's hard because last, last year at the NCAAs, it wasn't the super close match, if I remember correctly. It was, it was a few points difference um, when Kekson beat him. But Hadley was sick. He wasn't at full strength. So not to make excuses for him because he wouldn't do that either. But I wanted to see him at full strength. And we saw that in Vegas and he really controlled him. So I was expecting something similar today. Um, Came out of the gate doing exactly what he did in Vegas. And it got an early takedown and was doing his maniac thing like he does. And, you know, got a little sketchy on the edge. Didn't have a lot of mat awareness where he was. I mean, and got cradled up. And, you know, my first reaction was, well, Trent Hiley's probably hasn't been cradled a lot in his life, so he maybe doesn't know how to fight out of that. I've had a lot of experience there, so maybe I could give him some pointers next time we're down there. But, um, I mean, that that was a tight cradle. And as soon as he rolled through, there wasn't anywhere to go. Um, it's funny because McCormick was a ref, and he's he's from Virginia, lives down the road here. I see him at all the UVA duels because his son's there. So I was going to give him crap and say that, you know, Hiley's foot was out of bounds, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> and no, it was, it was, it was, it was quite the sequence. I certainly wasn't expecting it. And that was, it was big for, for Parker to lock that up. So I, yeah, I was not ready for that. And I think for, for a split second, I forgot that Isaac Trumbull was coming out at 97 <laughs> and I was like, can, can you and I do this? No, they can't. Could they? No, they can't. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I think, and I think back to the CKLV final, um, and I was I was naturally I was at a high school tournament watching that one during a break, um, and Hydley took Parker feet to back in that match too. So mm-hmm. like big lead, and you know he's stingy enough defensively that he really like he was able to kind of sit on that and ultimately win eight two. I think he had it a riding time point, and so now now Parker comes and does this, um, and it makes me wonder and. You know, I know we're not going to talk a ton about the other pool. We'll touch on UNC, but like I think of, you know, Marcus Coleman beating Aaron Brooks tonight as well, like holy 184, right? Um, I think when the rankings come out, you know, it'll probably still be Brooks, um, Keck Eyes, and Hydley, or sorry, Brooks, Hydley, Keck Eyes, and some variation of that. But the rankings don't really matter when it comes to NCAA seeding. And I'm really curious what these results are going to mean for that moving forward. Um, and especially like, you know, Coleman took a loss to Trey Munoz this week too. And so like 184, like, and maybe that's going to help Aaron Brooks keep the one seed, but I wonder like how much of a cluster is it going to be if Brooks is not the one seed and if he isn't, who is right. And so <laughs> like, that's a lot of these results, like that's, I don't have answers. I'm just thinking out loud. Right. And it's just, this just throws a whole nother wrench into that equation, I think. Yeah. And then you have to remember that Hydley also has to deal with Hunter Bowen uh, come ACC season. So he's going to see him twice. He's pretty and, good. He's pretty yeah. Good. He's, uh, and he's beat Hydley a couple times. So, I mean, there's, there's a history there. 
So I don't know. 184 saw the craziness at 49 and 97 and wanted to jump in, I guess. A little so, bit. It was uh, nutty. Um, closed the duel NC State right after Parker came out and pinned Isaac Trumbull, came out and pinned Noah Glazier. Um, not super surprised by that. Isaac Trumbull is a dude. Noah Glazier is a little undersized at 97, but he's kind of manning down the spot while I think Doug tries to figure out if he wants to throw a freshman out there or not. Um, so we'll see what happens from there moving forward. But I wanted to get your thoughts on on 285 um, to kind of wrap up the NC State conversation. Owen Owen Treppen, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. He beats Tyrell Gordon 3-1, entertaining match at heavyweight. I know it was only 3-1, but there was a lot of action, reaction, a lot of defense. Both guys, I think, had the opponent's legs in the air at some point and just weren't able to finish until Treppen was able to just kind of throw him down there in overtime. Um, what'd you think overall of this one, man? These are two guys that I think are still trying to like break through that heavyweight ceiling a little bit and kind of prove that maybe they can be dudes at that weight. Um, cause I feel like the, the final few podium spots come March are going to be available and these two guys are going to be in that mix. I agree. Um, first of all, I need to compliment Owen Treffen's hair because it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's, it's great to have another heavyweight in the ACC with, with great hair, uh, following, following up with Nathan Traxler winning the award last year. Um, it's tough because it's gone back and forth for the starting spot for NC state with, with Treffin and Tyree Houghton. Um, Treffin's been getting the nod. He kind of handles him in the room, but Houghton's great, um, you know, with competition outside the room. So it's, it's been kind of a toss up for Pat to, to decide who's getting the nod. Um, Owen's gotten most of the starts this year. Tyree got one, one match against Lehigh this weekend. Um, but he looked great. I was I was super impressed with Gordon this weekend. He looked uh, dangerous. I think is the best way to describe that. I was I was super impressed with him in the matches that I saw. He's really really fast. I love that he beat Tate Orndorff because I despise watching Kate, Tate Orndorff wrestle. Um, <laughs> he's I, I've been on record before. He's my least favorite, most boring person in the NCAA to watch. Um, so it's really nice to see him make him push the pace and make him actually wrestle. And that's where he scored his points with that that beautiful duck on the edge. Um, so I was super impressed with Gordon. That was, I mean, that was a good matchup um, to go to OT there. Treffin to be able to pull that out with a. They seem green. really similar, like you know, two smaller heavyweights. Like they're not like Tyree Houghton, who's just a really big dude who knows how to wrestle, right? Like these are two kind of smaller, like you know, 97 pounders that kind of grew into heavyweight. I mm -hmm. guess I don't know if Treppen was at 97, but Tyrell was the start of his career. Um, and just kind of like, you know, like, Hey, like why cut weight when I can just bulk up. Right. And so Tyrell's really figured out, I think how to wrestle heavyweight this season. Um, I think he struggled with that a little bit and it was fun to kind of see him and Owen go back and forth because they seemed like two similarly bodied, similarly athletic guys, um, you know, and similar so attack styles too. Yeah. Right. Like they're both, you know, like real quick with it. They were both really quick head hands defense. Like they were able to defend even with their legs in the air. Like it was just, it was a really fun match. Like another one of those where if they go 10 times, it probably goes five and five. Um, and so like, that was, that was really fun to see um, when it comes to like, okay, so I've seen both NC States heavyweights. Um, Cause we saw Tyree Houghton Russell and quite literally squish Tony Cassiope last year. <laughs> What does Pat Pop look for when he's trying to decide and he's got a lineup issue like this? Because clearly I, from my, I mean, my perspective, both these guys seem pretty capable. Like what, what's, what's Pat Pop's ultimate deciding factor going to be? The the factor last year was just kind of a gut feeling of who, who was ready at the end of the year. They traded matches in ACC season um, in dual action. So it affected seating, but 
wasn't a super great weight at the ACC's last year. So it wasn't too big of a deal. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a similar. I know Owen's been getting the better of him in the room. So I think that's, that's leaning a lot towards it and he's being more consistently successful um, in competition this year, instead of being so, so uh, streaky like he was last year. So I think he holds down the spot all season. Um, I'm sure that Tyree will get some matches here and there, but unless, you know, we see, we really see Treffin fall off or, or hit a slump or something. I don't, I don't see him giving up that spot. That was NC State uh, beating Northern Iowa in the Red Pool Championship. I looked this up. we got to differentiate <laughs> our colors here. Um, Blue Pool, um, Iowa State taking on Penn State in the Kale Sanderson Bowl. That was the final there. Penn State took it 22-12. to 12. Entertaining duel overall, I thought. Your ACC squad here was North Carolina. Um, and we mentioned earlier, there was an Iowa tie. Our Don Bosco boy, Cade Tenold, got a little bit of run this week. Um I know by and large, North Carolina struggled a little bit in New Orleans, but um, I know I'm personally excited to see Cade Tenold get some run. Um, what did you think of of the way that he wrestled this weekend? Um, he seemed hesitant. I mean, it, it's tough because he's filling in for like number eight guy in the country with louts, louts out. Um, I think nursing an injury. Um, he got dinged up a little bit in the App State match, but still waiting on, on clarification for a couple of those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, he filled in admirably. He, he did what he's, you know, what he's supposed to do kind of get thrown out to the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> we mean, should, we, we should probably clarify poor Kate <laughs> Tenold went Owen three this weekend, yeah. um, lost to, uh, central Michigan, 10, zero lost to Carter Starachi, um, by technical fall. And then also lost to Chris Foca, who's pretty dang good by first period pin. So a little bit of a long week for Cade Tenold, but, um, to me, I, I kind of says something that that the UNC coaching staff, um, you know, decided to throw him out there. Like I know true freshmen, there's that rule this year where they get, you know, five dates. Um, and I think this count like this the this two-day event counts as one competitive date. Um, yes. so it's not like it's, you know, it's not like he wasted three or two. He it was just one. Um, but I think it says something, right? That that the UNC staff um, you know likes him enough or likes the way that he's been in the room enough that they wanted to give him this opportunity, right? Like I know he's filling in for somebody better, but um, encouraging sign maybe, or am I looking too much into it? Um, Well, (laughs) I don't think you're looking too much into it. I think you're looking at a pretty bare weight for him. I mean, you got Lout there and then there you got Tenhold and one other guy at 74 is is Chris Salazar, who hasn't really done anything this year or much at all. Um, Gino Espedito, Esposito was there for a while, but he actually bumped, uh, went down to 65 this year. So he was the backup, um, to Lout and then dropped a weight. He'd actually bounced all the way up to 84 and then back down. Um, but I don't know. I was, I was really excited to see clay this weekend. I thought, you know, this is, is great for him. He's going to see Starachi and he would have seen focus. So we'd had two top 10 matchups. He's currently ranked, I think eighth. Um, so it'd have been really nice to see that. So I don't, I don't know. It's kind of same thing with, with O'Connor. O'Connor got one match. Um, he has been out all season, got his first match of the year on Thursday against app state and, and only got the first match this weekend. Uh, and then was out the rest of the time. So I don't know if, if he's they're just kind of easing him in or, or if the knee's still an issue or, or, or what the thinking is there. Um, I know he was warming up for both of the matches, uh, that he did not wrestle. So I'm not sure 
what the decision making there was for for Coleman. Yeah, you, for, you forgot the other Iowa tie with Tony. <laughs> Love Tony Ramos. He was not competing this weekend. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, overall, North Carolina one and two. Um, tough assignments, um, a little bit, but able to get a win over Central Michigan. Um, lost to both Penn State and Cornell. What do you think overall? Was it just more trying to figure out what what the lineup issues were, or or what were what were some ultimate takeaways from from the Tar Heels? Um, yeah, I think some of it's figuring out lineup issues. I, I was impressed with a couple of things. I think Gavin Kane has, has started the season pretty slow. Um, and it didn't really look to be himself the first couple months of the season. He had, a, he had a good weekend. He was two and one. Um, he beat, uh, was it Kanoyer for, for Cornell. And then who did he beat for? Beat Cushman from central Michigan. Cushman. There we go. I couldn't think of his last name, but then he had that, you know, Aaron Brooks guy who's, Kind of good. Um, who's pretty good, in. but he lost this weekend too. So, you know, he did, but he pinned Gavin <laughs> in under a minute. So, uh, he was good that match. So, I mean, I was, I was, I was happy with what I saw from Gavin. He was attacking a lot more, which he has not done this year. He's been really hesitant and, and tentative with his offense. Um, but he was, he was getting after it a lot more. So that was good to see. Um, let's see who else. Um, Lachlan McNeil had a good weekend. He went two and one. His only loss was to Bo Bartlett. Um, and he was in on a few really good shots and, and Bo was able to fend that off, but he, he's had a rocky start for his freshman campaign. Um, but he's figuring things out. And I think he's, he's kind of getting over that, that early season hump and he's, he's getting to where he needs to be. Wanted to ask you about, there is one more Iowa tie um, on the UNC lineup and that's Jack Wagner, Bettendorf grad. Um, one time Iowa wrestler, one time you and I wrestler seems to have found a home in Chapel Hill. Went two and one this weekend. Pretty good. Pretty good. What have you what have you learned about Jack Wagner um, in the couple of months that you've been able to watch him and during his time in Atari? It seems like he has found he's found a home, right? Like yeah. that, that's that sounds weird, but like that's that seems to be the case here in his final year of eligibility. In complete honesty and transparency, I thought it was a bad move to get him. Um, I didn't think he was going to add much to the lineup. Just based on what we'd seen, he had bounced between different weights and he was expected to go down to 25. So Spencer Moore could get a, a, a redshirt year to actually you know, mature into a young man instead of a 17-year-old like he was last year. Um, <laughs> but he's been great. He, uh, he's working with three amazing lightweight coaches with with Coleman and Tony and Jamil. So it's hard not to get better as a lightweight in that room, but he's, he's been fantastic. He's really impressed me this year. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect the matches that I'd seen him in last year or last couple of years. You know, wasn't it really anything to write home about, but he's, he's looked good. Um, he's been really aggressive, which has, has been a good way for them to start off. Um, he beat Gary Steen this weekend. He beat, uh, Walker from central Michigan, but he's, he's had a solid year. He had a good win on Thursday, beat the, uh, app state, uh, one twenty-five, who was also ranked, but he's in the lower thirties ranking. He's putting it together. I mean, he seems to be, seems to enjoy Chapel Hill and seems to, to be a good fit for the team. So I think he's in a good spot. Yeah. I, I think the one thing I was kind of like you when I, when I saw that he was, you know, cause he initially, transferred to Oklahoma, or at least he announced that he was going to transfer to Oklahoma. And then he switched it up and decided on UNC. And so like, um, you know, like, I think I was like, I shared like his, his Instagram post when he announced that he was in the portal. And then I was like, Hey, here's an update. He's going to Oklahoma. 
And then like a month later, it was like, okay, here's an update to the update. He's actually <laughs> going to Chapel Hill. And I was like a little nervous about it just because I just, I just hadn't seen enough of him. And he was really good when he was in high school and he showed some flashes at both Iowa and you and I, but I guess I was like looking for consistency. And mm -hmm. I think I'm finally seeing that a little bit in the few moments. And you'd know more than me because you watch a lot more ACC wrestling than I do, but just based on the results that I've seen and, and especially getting to see him wrestle this week, um, that consistency, it's it's popping out a little bit more. And, um, you know, I, again, you'd know more than me. I'm not sure exactly what their plans are for 125, but that seems to be a pretty good option if that's ultimately what they decide to do when the time comes, right? Like he's he's only eight and four. He went two and one this weekend. He's generally looked pretty good and pretty competent and, like you said, aggressive. Um, so, which is, which is really fun to see. And I know that there's a lot of people in Iowa that are, um, you know, always curious about where these Iowa kids land. And so it's been fun for him to, to see him take advantage of his final year the way he has so far. Yeah. I mean, I think that the spot is, is definitively his, I mean, Spencer's uh, red shirting and he's, he's really who they're looking to for the future of the weight. Uh, so I think he's going to try to make the most of the season. He almost beat Jack Medley, um, had him on the ropes in the, 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 the duel they had at the ballpark. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, I was wrong. He lost to Caleb Smith this week uh, on Thursday. I was I was thinking of a different match. I was gonna but, say I think I think everybody got their tails kicked by App State. Yeah, that was um, that was disappointing. I think this is the best way for me to say that politically correctly. <laughs> Just a weird couple of weird few days for UNC. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm hopeful that they get some good rest. I mean, the hard part for me about the App State duel was that it was comes coming off of two weeks off. Um, so I don't know if it was just some lag of not being competitive or what it was but they didn't did not look good uh so i'm hopeful that they get you know get a, a nice couple of weeks of rest and and are ready to get back after it in the new year because they have i mean they have a dangerous lineup they really really do and sherman should be coming back uh in the next couple of weeks so you've got multiple all-americans in the lineup and and a lot of six-year leadership so that they they have a very dangerous team if if their lineup is actually clicking So yeah, UNC one and two this week. Um, Iowa State goes two and one. Did want to pick your brain about the uh, this final matchup because um, I'm sure it's one that everybody tuned into the Kale Sanderson Bowl. Penn State, I mean Penn State wins six of six of ten matches. Um, not super surprising that they won six matches. I think I was a little bit more surprised about the matches that Iowa State did win. Um, I guess I thought if they, if it would have gone six four in favor of Penn State, I think I would have lightly penciled in Younger over Max Dean at 97. But instead, Max Dean beats Younger. And Marcus beats Aaron Brooks, um, which was just, I'm st again, still processing a lot, a lot of wrestling to watch this week. <laughs> what yeah, was, uh, what'd you think ultimately of the, of that final duel between uh, the Nits and, and the Cyclones? It was more, more fun than I was expecting. Um, I think Iowa state's been, been impressive this year. Everybody knows that. Um, I think they've put out a, a really fun lineup. Um and Caban Band's got a fun name, so that's that's always good too. But he looked great. Um, opened the matchup, opened the duel up with a win, and then uh, Ramazan was really handling RBY there for a minute until RBY decided to, you know, do RBY things and get a major in a period. They had a really entertaining back and forth first period, and then mm -hmm. I think I'm stealing a line from Cliff here, but Ramazan just kind of ran out of bullets, and and RBY <laughs> kept shooting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it was, it was interesting to see, and I don't know if it's something that any 
coaches who are smarter than me and better than me at, at game planning, but he seemed to really slow RBY down with that, with that Russian and working in from there. And he had a hard time kind of figuring out what to do with that. And Ramazan wasn't able to finish anything out of it, but, but he was a lot closer than most people get to scoring on RBY. Um, and he slowed him down for three minutes, which is also an accomplishment. So I'll be really interested to see if, if people are kind of game planning using more kind of upper body ties to try to slow him down a little bit yeah. moving forward. And I know that that was something that like, um, you know, Austin DeSanto, for example, had a lot of success with mm-hmm. when, you know, him and RBY first had their their early battles in their careers and, and DeSanto was beating RBY and RBY had to make that adjustment. And that's when we saw the hand on the back thing, like a very strong oh, yeah. exaggeration, but like that was <laughs> RBY knew to avoid those ties if he wanted to, you know, open ADS up and that's what happened. And he, you know, beat him what, six, seven times in a row after that, which is just like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you made a good point. Like who, you know, who can execute those Russians the same way Ramazan did? And then more importantly too, can you do that over an entire seven minute match? Cause clearly Ramazan could not cause RBY cracked that thing open second period on. Um, but that's a good point. Like that was, I was, I was very impressed and entertained by that first period. And then after that, it was, you know, the two, <laughs> the two time national champ did his thing, right. Downhill from there. Um, um was Bartlett, curious. Bartlett impressed me this weekend. Um, he looked good, man. He looks really solid at 41. Yeah. Much um, better weight for him. Much. And I know that Redding is, uh, Redding is, is more a 33 pounder and he was filling in because Casey Swiderski's, um, dealing with a small injury. And so dresser just decided to play it safe because he knows Casey's going to, be a huge factor come March. Um, one, Bo Bartlett, Casey Swiderski would have been a matchup I would have loved to have seen. Um, yes. Me and literally everybody else. But no, like you make a good point. Like Bo had been wrestling 49 the last couple of years because they had some dude named Nick Lee. Um, but man, okay. he looks solid. And I tell you what looked most impressive is that Bo kind of let the action come to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And his counter offense is something fierce. Like that was what, when I watched him this week, I was like, Oh man, like don't shoot on that guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was certainly impressive. And, and, and like you said, the kind of the patience that he has is, you know, shows the maturity that they really practice in that room. So that's, that's a hats off to him for that. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know Willie's been high on, on Bo for quite a while. Um, shout out to the Matt scout. Um, <laughs> but he has been, routinely frustrated with with Bo's maybe lack of offense the last few years and I think he chalked it up to just like 49's not his weight like he'll be better when he gets down and I don't want to say that he wasn't very offensive but that counter offense was definitely what stuck out Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a really really good trait to have when like you said you can be patient and you can find those angles and it worked for him. I mean, he picked Redding apart and I was like, okay, here comes the second major decision. Now Redding fought hard and, and kept it eight to three but still like Ooh, man, that's Penn state's good. We knew that, but like every time I watch them, I'm just like, dang, man, like that's the team anybody and everybody's got to be like, good luck. Right. (laughs) Um, the other match I wanted to ask you, I was, um, I mean, we touched on it earlier, right? Marcus beating Aaron Brooks. Um, it just seems like these 84 pound matches and, and really, I mean, you could circle, you know, 49 as well with the way real Buto beat Sasso, but just like, I tell you what, man, like that four, that four count near fall, like that is a game changer. Cause like mm-hmm. it was a game changer for real Buto. It was a game changer for, um, Hydley at CKLV. And it was a game changer here for Marcus 
against Aaron Brooks. Feet to back in the second period. He goes from down 3-0 to up 6-3, and that was enough to win it. Like that was, I mean, he scored a reversal when they were trading attacks in the third period, and he still had to wrestle there. But holy cow, man! Like that's, I'm I was impressed. I was I was impressed, and again, still processing. But holy cow! Yeah, I mean that four points it, it makes it a big hole to dig out of when you're, you know, generally expecting six anytime you're getting four because it's not often that you're just getting a turn from from on top. There's a lot of feet to back that you're seeing with that. Um, that little, I don't even know what it was, how he did that uh, to, to even get on, to get the takedown in the turn. But it was uh, quite the little flip of the hips there to get over. So, yeah, and, so Brooks does that ankle pick thing and he climbs it because he uses the ankle pick as like a shot entry point. And mm-hmm. he climbs to like, you know, pick up a single, right? And I'm explaining this as I'm watching the video, so I'm waiting for the replay to go back around. <laughs> Ankle pick video. Okay. So then he picks it up and Marcus, like, I, he, it's almost he like, like he hooked the head and kind of overhooked and hit. Yeah. Tossed, he like kind of like went a- for a cradle, sort of. And then he shot underneath to Brooks's far leg. And like, I, like, Brooks is a guy that can get God if he's like not anticipating a move like that. And clearly he wasn't. And Marcus knew exactly what he was doing. Um, and I'm going to like watch it again because I'm just like still <laughs> amazed by the thing. Um, like, yeah. Okay. Here he goes. Ankle pick shot entry, climb the leg. Marcus like very much was like, it's, he almost like went for a splato almost. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was reaching across the back almost. Yeah. To get to the- and he like kicked out Brooks's far leg, um, while he went for, I guess the near leg. I it's, I, I tweeted the video. This is bad podcasting. Please go watch it. <laughs> so you guys can like kind of follow along with what we're trying to say here. But yeah, I'd never seen that before. And that was like, Whoa. Okay. And the way I, I guess like what stuns me the most stuns. I don't know if that's the right word again, long, long, long few days here. Um, like Marcus was very intentional about like, this is what I'm going to do. Like that was, I, I noticed that when I watched it live. And then when I went to screen grab it, I was like, yeah, like he, he went and got that. Um, yeah, it was definitely not like a flukish. I felt this. I'm going to throw it. It was, I know this position. I'm going for this move and it and it worked. Yeah. Which every time I see one of those, like side note, um, I'm always like, why didn't you pocket that for March? <laughs> like if you're going to like, and I get it. You I don't, you never know if you're going to get the opportunity to beat a guy like that. But like, man, if you got that in your back pocket, you better hang on to that bad boy, you know? Cause like now he's going to know it's coming. Um, you know, cause like, I think of like, I, what's the shout out wrestling quote or shout out all the internet guys. Um, <laughs> like he's got that line where like, you know, Penn state guys might lose at like the big 10 tournament or during the regular season duel. And they use that match to like download you. Mm-hmm. So like Brooks is going to know this is coming now. And so it's like, dude, Marcus, why didn't you wait? Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at the same time though, I mean, that's, you know, that kind of win can get him a seed that, you know, makes a huge difference come March. So, you know, it's you know, six of one, half a dozen, the other, if, if it, it, it helped, he, he beat the number one guy in the country. So, yeah. yeah. And, and now I wonder like if, if Marcus hadn't lost to Munoz, like there's your front runner for the one seed, right? Because everybody else in front of them has beaten each other, um, mm-hmm. you know, but again, neither here nor there. That's the beauty <laughs> of the collegiate wrestling duels. Um, Overall, like amazing um, event. Um, and we didn't, you know, like we didn't even touch. I did you follow along with with Iowa State bumping literally everybody to beat Cornell? Like that, yeah, was, that was wild. That was another uh, incredible development. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, 
Like, I, was, I don't the, think I didn't watch that one live. So it's, it's my oldest son's birthday. So we did birthday stuff the last couple of days. So I've been sneaking away to watch wrestling and I didn't watch that one live. And I looked at the results. I was like, what, this isn't, well, this isn't their lineup. What's <laughs> I'd send it to the group chat. I was like, am I missing something here? But no, so, they, they bumped everybody. So yeah. So what had wild. happened? It, it was, it was incredible. Cause like, you don't see that at the college Mm-mm. level, like bump weights in high school. Okay, cool. Like college level. Like I, I, I think I've told, I think I've said this in the group chat before, but like, I've had multiple coaches tell me that like, you got to almost relearn how to wrestle at every single division one college weight. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's a different game at every single weight. And so to just do that for a one-off duel, like that's, that's a little insane. So what happened was Sam Schuyler, Iowa state's heavyweight. Um, who's looked really, really good this year. Um, he beat Ryan Reyes from Oregon State so in their first match. Buffalo, Buffalo transfer? Yeah, came from Buffalo, um, wrestled at 97. Um, and since he got to Iowa State, it's kind of grown into a full grown heavyweight now. It's that corn. Um, he, uh, yeah, right. Corn fed. Um, shout out Ben Durbin. He, uh, Skyler, slight strain on his bicep. Don't know which one. Um, and so Dresser basically went to the team and said, look, do we, do we want to beat Cornell or do we want to just wrestle our weights, give up six at heavy, and we'll just kind of see what happens. And they were like, no, we want to win. We want a shot at Penn State. Um, so at 184, instead of Marcus, um, Joel Devine stepped up normally at 174. Um, he beats Evan Knoyer 5-1. Okay, good stuff. 97 is Marcus, who's previously wrestled 97, um, was an NCAA qualifier there a couple years ago. He beats Jacob Cardenas. Um, U23 World Silver, NCAA qualifier, pretty good, right? Four one, gigantic 197 too. Um, yeah, like huge. And then, um, speaking of gigantic, younger <laughs> at 197, bumps to Russell Lewis Fernandez, who was in the blood round last year and who probably outweighed younger by like 40 pounds. <laughs> it was closer <laughs> to 60. He weighed 256. And that's incredible. And then younger <laughs> beats him, right? Like he scores two takedowns on this man, like. I'm again, still processing. And that was two days ago. Like that's, I don't, I just bonkers. <laughs> and Iowa state wins the duel 1813. Like that's, that's, that was a fun one. And that was the same time as the, the Ohio state you and I duel. So like, that was a, that was a good time for Iowa. Yeah, dude. And I was like watching Yanni Pinero. Um, Cause that match happened this weekend, right? Um, <laughs> week, weekend, whatever. And I think it was Carson who was just like anybody who wasn't paying attention, real Buto just beat Sasso. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like just an amazing couple of days of wrestling. Um, any final thoughts from, from the event, from what you saw, from what you took away? Like it was clearly we're still buzzing. Yeah, no, I think if they could move it a few days, so actually I can go to it and not uh, get in trouble for skipping my son's birthday. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd like, I'd like to get to this one year. Um, but no, I mean, they've done a fantastic job. Um, Frank puts on great events and, and has really made this kind of the, the, the crown jewel of what they have collegiately, at least. I mean, they put on at least three college events every year. Um, so he's really put a lot into this to make it a good event. I really like the space they held it in this year. I thought that was a really cool kind of atmosphere. How it was almost like an auditorium setting, but it wasn't a stage. So like everybody's on top of the action, but it was like a surrounded. It kind of reminded me of like the setup they have for uh, at at Madison square garden for the, for final X last year. Like you still get that same kind of feel. And it was really, that was a cool event too, but just like that, it's more intimate feel. Um, 
and with you know 12 hour days of wrestling those those seats are a lot more comfy than bleachers so 100 it's good for the fans no doubt but no uh, it's it's a great event i like they like that it's growing i like that teams are really pushing to get in um selfishly as uh, you know an internet guy i'm glad the other other one fell apart um that they tried to take but that's that's a whole nother story so <laughs> i love it um excellent couple of days of wrestling the 22 23 season like unofficially this is the halfway mark i know that there's um you know the midlands the the soldiers salute the scuffles coming up here in the next couple of weeks but um already kind of unofficially halfway through the year got basically conference duels coming up over the next couple months and then Obviously, March is, is the big party that it is every year. Robbie, I really appreciate you coming on and, and discussing the Collegiate Duels 2.0 tonight. Um, you got anything fun that you're working on that you want to plug or anything cool that you guys are doing over at Intermed? I know I'm not part of the immediate family anymore, but I'm still in the group chat. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still on the team. You're still on the team. No, I think there's a lot of good things going on. Uh, I'm really happy to be part of the team there. I think, I think we're trying to change things up with the way uh, wrestling is covered on the college level, and I think we're doing a great job with that. Uh, so anybody wants to check out our work, come to come to the website, uh, check it out. Uh, I'm really excited for a- ACC season starting uh, the end of January, January 20th. We're kicking it off with with NC State, Virginia Tech to open the the season. Uh, it's a pretty so, good one to kick the year off. Yeah. Last year was it was the mess with the cancelization and COVID and that was a disaster. But that's, you know, another story for another day. But you know, I'll be there. I'll hang out with Rock and, and Sean, and, and we'll see some good wrestling. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Rock and Sean are going to um, they're gonna dip into Big Ten country later this year, too. I know that Iowa's duel against Northwestern is going to be on ESPN+. Plus and so... You guys are not allowed to steal them. So <laughs> not going to allow I think it. we get them for the one. I think we get them for the one. Otherwise, <laughs> the, ACC, no more. the ACC there has ours. called dibs. Yeah, um, I love that. I love there. Whenever I'm home or I mean, shoot, I record all the, all the wrestling duels that I can on TV. And, um, you know, those are two guys that I'll especially tune into no matter what they're calling, but especially when it comes to ACC wrestling duels. So thrilled for the conference duel season to kick off next month. Thrilled that you were able to join us, Robbie. That's all we got today, guys. Um, or tonight appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, we'll be back hopefully, Probably not until after the new year. Got some time off and some furloughs. Shout out to Gannett that we got to take care of. Um, So we will, I'll be sure to alert you guys whenever um, we get that planned. Until then, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the Des Moines Register to make sure you don't miss any of my wrestling coverage. Make sure you go check out and subscribe to Intermat to make sure you don't miss any of Robbie's ACC wrestling coverage. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.